Welcome everyone to the podcast Unanswered Questions with Pastor Tim Cole. This is a podcast where we talk about tough theological and Christian living questions sent in by people just like you. Our hope is that listening will strengthen your confidence in God's Word, helping you to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. If you have any questions, please send them to questionsforpastortim at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Unanswered Questions with Pastor Tim Cole. Today the question is, canonically, what pattern does the story of Abigail and Nabal reenact? And why is this significant for the reader? This is the second episode dealing with the story in 1 Samuel 25 of a woman named Abigail married to a man named Nabal. Uh, the story is quite infamous and plays an unusual um, role uh, in the Bible for a number of reasons. We went over the first one some time ago that <clears throat> shows that she was a better Jacob and pacified the wrath of an angry man named David and kept him from uh, slaughtering innocent people and innocent men. And he was headed to the throne and it was an important, an important uh, portion of his life to be saved from homicide and the shedding of innocent blood while he took the throne. We'd like, though, to look at this story again because it has a second connection to a much earlier story in the Bible. The Jacob story was Genesis 32. but This story goes back to Genesis 3 as well. And what we want to see is that when the writer of 1 Samuel recorded the story of Abigail, the wife of Nabal, who pacified the anger of David who was ready to kill people and told his 400 men to strap on their swords he was writing it also subtly to show us that Abigail is a better Eve as you know Eve is the first woman first woman in human history and she's the one who uh, in response to the serpent's temptation took the fruit and gave that fruit to her husband and he also ate. And since then, there's been a stigma attached that all women are deceivable. And so the writer of 1 Samuel 25, recording the story of Abigail, mitigates that stigma, mitigates that reputation, mitigates that uh, unfortunate dark halo on the, on the head of women with this particular story. Abigail is not simply a mere adjunct to her husband, only understood, uh, for example, in the context of men's activities. She is portrayed not only as a woman, but as a wise woman, an independent thinking woman, and a better Eve. Now, what do I mean by a better Eve? I thought, it was, I thought there was only one Eve. Well, there are many Eves in the Bible, just like there are many Adams in the Bible. All of them fail, except for Jesus, the last Adam. And what we are, once again, uh, interacting with here is the concept of a canonical Bible. The Bible was written canonically. It's a seamless story from beginning to end. The story began with the expulsion from the garden, from access to the tree of life, and then 
as a result of not being able to eat from the fruit of the tree, mankind dies, and they are expelled from God's presence. And the rest of the Bible unfolds uh, like a rose that uh, unfolds, each petal at a time, one petal at a time. And the road, throughout the rest of the Bible, takes us back to God's presence and the regaining of access to the tree of life. So we as readers are always on the lookout for road signs that connect one story to the next story to the next story. So some of those road signs uh, are themes that are introduced in the book of Genesis. For example, Adam and Eve. We're going to see lookalikes of Adam and lookalikes of Eve all through the Bible story. We're going to look at and see uh, the theme of water and the variations of water, like rivers and lakes and seas and ponds and gallons of water and water pots full of water. So uh, anytime you look for or see water, it's an attempt to go back to Genesis 1 and 2. Trees are also another unifying theme of the Bible. And variations of trees, like fruit and roots, branches, seeds, Asherah poles, wood, baskets, bushes, grain, fields, leaves, and stumps. Then there's the themes of marriage, the themes of clothing, the themes of voices and listening to voices and hiding and deception, and the themes of walking, the themes of temple, the themes of priests, and the themes of mountains or elevated places. Um, as an example uh, of a new Noah, excuse me, as an example of a new Adam is the story of Noah. Noah is portrayed as a new Adam. Just like Adam had three sons, Noah has three sons. Just like Adam is in an Eden sanctuary, the first Holy of Holies, living in peace with the animal kingdom, a sanctuary with boundaries, so also Noah lives in an Edenic sanctuary, an ark filled with animals with whom he lives in peace. Uh, an ark with boundaries, and both of these men sinned due to the fruit of the vine. Adam took fruit and ate it, and Noah planted a vineyard and became drunk and ended up naked. So Noah is portrayed as a new Adam, but also as a failure, as an Adam. What about additional Eves in the story in the Bible? Well, Abigail is portrayed as a better Eve. And some of the clues that are used in the story of Abigail that have their origin in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3 are the following. Like, for example, just like Eve did, Abigail gives fruit to a man. She gives fruit to the seed of the Messiah, King David, when he is on the run from Saul. The writer goes out of his way to tell us that when uh, she heard that David was going to come down and kill all, basically, the males in her household, she quickly got together 200 cakes of pressed figs and 100 cakes of raisins, loaded them on the donkeys, and then said, go, go on ahead, I'll follow you. So here we have a woman who gives fruit to the seed of the Messiah, to King David. And this time, it is not death-giving fruit like Eve gave. Here's what 
makes her case different. Abigail gave life-giving fruit to David, who was starving, who was hungry, and who had requested fruit. So um, Abigail is the one, in a sense, who begins the process of life when she gives fruit to David. Like Adam, David listened to her voice. In the case of Adam, Adam took it and committed great sin. But here, Abigail and David, the story is different. As a result of listening to her voice, listening to Abigail's pleading, David is spared from committing great sin, the killing of innocent people. And so by virtue of her quick response, by virtue of her wisdom, heard in her reasoning with David, her poise, her independent thinking, her courageous leadership, her judge of character, her understanding of the Davidic kingdom and the Davidic throne, Abigail, rather than uh, creating a poor environment for Adam, Abigail kept a man from sitting, from sinning. Eve is implicated, and Abigail, on the other hand, is responsible for keeping a man from being implicated. Uh, and like Adam, David took the fruit. Verse 35 of 1 Samuel 25. So here we have in miniature a story that reminds us of the first story in Genesis 3 of Eve taking fruit, giving it to her husband, creating death. In this case, Abigail gives fruit, life-giving fruit, to a man, and in so doing, the result is not death, but the result is life. And innocent people, then, are spared from death. So Abigail is portrayed not as a bad influence on men, but as a good influence on men. She's a better Eve. Her story is one of the many that removes the stigma that all women are deceivable, that all women are deceived. David, in fact, was deceived by his rage and his anger and his thirst for revenge against Nabal. And it was Abigail who saved his hide. It was Abigail who saved him from his deception. That's a complete turnaround from Genesis 3. And it portrays this woman in a completely different light. It portrays women in a completely different light. And it puts that stigma, in a sense, on its way down. And uh, the view that the writer have had of Abigail is that she's the kind of woman needed in every household. And in fact, it was, in fact, her, her actions, her quick-wittedness, her independent thinking, her courage that attracted David, and she became his wife. So the story of Abigail has more than one purpose. It not only helps us to understand the Jacob story, it's not only compared to the Jacob story where she is portrayed as a better Jacob, pacifying the anger of a, of a very angry man, but now she's also being portrayed as a better Eve. Not one who is a bad influence on her husband, but one who has a positive influence on her future husband and the future king of Israel. 
So this is a, an example of a canonical approach to Scripture. Bible stories have one meaning, but they can be seen from another perspective, a different perspective, and help us to understand the whole scheme of the Bible, the whole scope of the Bible, and it gives us hope. So uh, there's an additional, um, uh, an additional note that we want <clears throat> to think about when it comes to Abigail. We haven't mentioned this yet in either of these episodes on this podcast, but the story of Abigail in 1 Samuel 25 is, is like a piece of beef in the middle of a sandwich. On either side of the Abigail story is the story of David expressing his patience towards Saul and not killing Saul when he had the chance. This is an unusual story, but it's one that obviously is connected to what we've been talking about. In 1 Samuel 24, David, who's being chased by Saul, is in a position to kill him. But he restrains himself. In chapter 26, again, Saul is in a position to be killed by David. David could have eliminated Saul. But in the second example, um, David restrains himself and does not kill Saul. So in between that is the story of David who has no restraint and is restrained by a woman due to Abigail's uh, intervention. So uh, the importance of where a story is placed in the biblical narrative is important to consider. She's the woman who helps David to learn restraint, a quality needed for effective leadership. And <clears throat> God uses her as an example of what it means to restrain yourself when you are driven by revenge, uh, by the desire to get even, by people who hold a grudge and are waiting for the chance to jump. Her story, placed in between two other stories, brings that more to the fore. It's interesting when we consider that Abigail was not powerful. She had no weapons. David had 400 men. He had swords. He had greatness. He had riches. And she was weaponless. She was under the thumb of a foolish husband. But she was wise and she was courageous and she was able to avert David's malfeasance so that his hands would not be stained with innocent blood. And as the story goes on, we know that Abigail's wisdom caught his affection, and he provided her with love and protection. So she becomes the balancing act between foolishness and evil. She's the moderating force who averts the clash of two extremes. And she's also the teacher and the wise one who teaches a man. She directs a man. And he takes her advice. And as a result of taking her advice, he is spared from committing a very foolish act. So um, the story of Abigail takes on a number of qualities. It is interpreted in a number of ways and can be seen at three different levels. Uh, she's a woman who wasted no time. She was wise. She was upright. She did not act impetuously like David did. She was not full of ang vengeful anger like David was. She was poised 
settled, capable of independent thinking and reasoning on her own, and remarkable, she really saved David's hide. She really knew what to do. So she's um, a foil for the foolishness of her husband and paralleled uh, the story of Jacob. She parallels the story of Eve. She fulfills a number of different roles. And it's the author's way of saying that the women that God gives you can be a gift to you or it could be someone that you totally ignore. Hopefully this has been, therefore, an encouragement to all women who are listening to this. And perhaps you could reread the story of Abigail as it's sandwiched between two stories of David. Uh, you can read it in concert with Genesis 3 with Eve, or you can read the story in concert with the story of Jacob in Genesis 32. God has different ways of using one particular story. It's attached to more than one story, and it gives great hope to both men and women. Thanks for listening to this particular series of podcasts on the story of Abigail. Thank you for joining us this episode. And remember to send all your questions to questions for Pastor Tim at gmail.com.